Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with Forged Irish Stout and Empire Firestore. I haven't seen you or heard from you in a week, Edward. You've been living the life in San Fran. Um, we are now joined again on Zoom. You look like you're in heaven, to be honest. I, I saw it in the background and aerials thing yesterday. What, what's, what's the background setting behind you? Uh, I'm just in, uh, we're in Malibu at the moment. We uh, oh, just had... Had the uh, gym opening yesterday, the new matchroom boxing gym, and uh, heading to we've got meetings in Los Angeles all day today, and then heading to Phoenix tonight for Sunny against Bam. We missed you, Parsons. I had a really uh, heartwarming moment actually at the show. This guy who was like in the tears, he's like, "Hearn, Hearn, Hearn." I was like, "Look round." I was like, <laughs> "Went over," and he goes, "Man." These shows just ain't the same without Parsons. Did that actually happen? <laughs> no. Oh, stupid. <laughs> oh, mate. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your TikTok moment, Sean. Oh, fuming. Actually fuming. Very quickly. You haven't made a comment. Everyone was expecting a comment on my uh, recent Instagram post in which... There was none from you. What What did you think, mate? Like, genuinely? I'm past it. I hate people on social who are, like, you know, just chasing clout, like, want to post things to get a reaction from you. I'm too old for all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, like I, I prefer to work in silence. Were you not slyly impressed? Yeah, you have to. You know, I mean, I think... There is nothing better than seeing a competition winner, you know, go out there and achieve his dreams. So, I mean, I've noticed that you're still running. However, your face looks a little bit larger than normal. So I don't know if you've been, I don't know if you've been having a few too many beers or what. To be it's, fair, I've been, I've been enjoying, enjoying the food out here. You know what it is like now the festive periods round, couple of Christmas markets here and there. Don't mind if I oh, do. Oh, you're such a festive guy. Of course, <laughs> about the one time of year I have been. All right, let's go into it. Reflection on San Fran. Devin Haney is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody in there at the Chase Centre felt like they were watching something very special, someone that's going to be around in the sport for a long time. Um, just the dominance, the calmness, the speed of foot, the hand speed, the combinations, the IQ, everything just amazing and you know made arguably the best champion in the division look pretty normal 
looked pretty average in there. And it was, uh, it was a hell of a performance. I see him dominating at 140. I see him moving up to 147. Just a, an amazing performance. Out of curiosity, I don't know how much you can disclose, but what is his contractual situation moving forward? Yeah, we have an option on the next fight with him. And, I, you know, we've got a great relationship with Devin. I, I think in an ideal world, we'll be together for the rest of his career. That's what we'd like. But, you know, we also appreciate the political world, the way that you sometimes have to make moves to chase your legacy and money as well. But I feel like what we showed on Saturday was also the star power and the drawing power of Devin Haney. And that's something that when you've got a great fighter, if they don't sell, it's something that someone uses very quickly to downplay a potential fight. Oh, what's the value? No one knows who he is. You know, he don't sell. Oh, you know, and now that's kind of taken away from the Devin Haney argument, which is great because I do think you're going to see more people take the risks to fight him if there's money on the table. And as you saw on Saturday, there's money on the table. I suppose just picking up on the San Francisco point, I listened a little bit to what you said to Ariel yesterday in terms of sort of, you don't really know what you're going off in taking boxing back to a place like that. But oh my God, did it provide with a, a full out stadium and apparently the atmosphere was in, in electric in there. It was. And, you know, I spoke to Chase Centre yesterday. They were so pleased with the event. I mean, they're a massive stadium, massive, you know, home of the Warriors, all kinds of big acts. But they were so pleased to bring boxing there and so pleased that it worked. And, you know, that's important, not just for our show and for Devin Haney and Regis, but for the landscape of American boxing to show the public that you can sell out arenas in different cities. And, you know, it was, it was really pleasing. You know, one of our, definitely one of our finest moments, if you like, or proudest moments in America to take boxing to a new city. You know, it wasn't Madison Square Garden. It wasn't uh, Vegas. It was, and I, you know, as I said, I hoped we'd do 8,000, 9,000 and we'd, you know, we'd fill up that lower tier, but we ended up doing 16 and, you know, had it right off. Shoes. If you could pick a, uh, a next opponent, ideally for Devin, I know that there was some talk about Matthias and a 4 million figure. We'd, we don't think that's completely true, but what, what would be your preference next for Devin? Um, I think he should fight Ryan Garcia. You know, I think it's the biggest fight out there. We're both on the same platform. It should be a fight that I say is easy to make. The communication is easy. And, you know, if I'm the zone, I'm putting pressure on that fight. I think it's one of the biggest at 140. I think Ryan should be looking to fight the champions. I believe he'll, he'll fight Devin Haney. I know Devin would fight, fight Ryan. I think he does a huge gate. I think he does great numbers. And I just think it's a great fight. I think this. It's so good to see so many young fighters coming through now and putting bums on seats, drawing eyeballs in American boxing. You know, obviously you've got Tank, you've got Ryan, you've got Devin, you've got Tiafimo, um, you've got Shakur. Like, it's, it's a good time, but you've got to build these people. You've got to build these fighters. It takes time and takes promotion. Edward, you're off to Arizona. Um, has Sonny Edwards got his courtside tickets? Mate. Wait till I see him. Give him a slap around the ear up. Has he? Yeah. But like, <laughs> I mean, so how this all started, probably my fault, right? I think we were in like, I think you might have even been there. Like we're in the Viana or wherever it was, you know, going to all those. And he's obviously said to me, uh, oh, one thing, you know, obviously in this fight, all I want is courtside tickets for the basketball. 
And I've probably just gone, yeah, mate, yeah, don't worry about that, yeah, <laughs> like that. And then next thing, he's messaging the team going, yeah, um, part of my deal was that I get courtside tickets. So they've all come on to me and everyone always laughs at me in, internally because they're like, did you actually say this? Did you promise this to someone? I said, I don't even remember the conversation, but clearly I've said something. So we went back and we're like, uh, we've spoke to the arena. And originally we were going to go to the arena that hosts the basketball, but we actually went to the competitor, competitive arena. Like, So even worse. So obviously we've gone on and we're like, uh, any chances of courtside tickets? And I think the answer was, no, you're right. Enjoy your, your arena this week. So then I've spoke to a few people and I'm like, look, what's the damage on a couple of courtside tickets? I won't even tell you what the damage was. Is it really? So I'm like, courtside tickets for the NBA. Yeah, it's, it's expensive, right? Oh. So, because because we're just too late. We're too late to play. It's tomorrow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, and then he posts going, no tickets, no fight. Mate, I was like, you. Anyway, I, I wasn't a fan of that, to be honest with you. But that's sunny. So, I paid up. And he got his tickets, so he'll be there. It'd be even funnier if he comes out tonight and says, after seeing this, and says that that conversation never happened. It must have, but I don't. I mean, <laughs> certainly it wasn't in the contract. You know, it was just. I probably just went, "Yeah, mate, I'll sort that." How difficult can that be? And that was it. So, um, on the fight itself, a brilliant one. Um, what a way yeah. to end the year. We know that Sonny probably a little bit frustrated with Bam and the lack of sort of speak in the build-up, but that's just what he's like. But a real genuine high world-level fight Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the fights of the year. It's certainly one of the fights that fight fans are most excited about. It's the best v the best in the division. And, you know, I say about upset with Bam. Bam's being bad. I mean, when have you ever seen Bam start mouthing off to opponents and sticking the nut in? It just does, he's just being himself. So Sonny's playing that game. Um, I'm looking forward to the media day tomorrow, obviously the presser on Thursday and the weigh-in, because it's going to be interesting to see how Sonny plays it. I don't know where Bam's at mentally. He's a pretty calm, cool dude. But, you know, people keep asking me what my prediction is for the fight. And honestly, like... I've said in the promo, it wouldn't surprise me if Sonny won every round. And it wouldn't surprise me if Bam stopped him in six. Like I just I just I've got a feeling it could be fairly one sided either way. And then I think, no, how can it be? Like they're both so elite. But I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes you get thrown into the deep end like that and you can't swim as well as you thought, you know, and I don't know. Can't wait. I can't wait because it's a massive fight for both. Well, off the back of that, we go to Riyadh. I'm back just before Christmas. We're wrapping. Oh, brilliant. You'll be out there. No, I know. Major day with that news, and I? Um, yeah, I'll let, I'll let His Excellency know and everyone will be over the moon. Pinged him a DM later. He's organised okay. the party already. Um, yeah, yeah. When do you fly in? And that's got to be a bit of an awkward journey from Arizona, no? Yeah, I'm, I think, Phoenix, New York. I have meetings in New York on Monday and then fly out Monday night and I think I get eventually to Riyadh very late Tuesday night or something like that or I don't know yeah basically it's a long way it's it's 14 hours from New York and I'm six hours from New York so yeah it's the final one though Sean the last little push Otto Wallin's on smoke yeah he is 
good. That's what we need. You know, I think AJ's got to feel that in this fight. You know, we can't go in flat. We can't go in under-motivated. Everyone's talking about the Wilder fight. He's got a proper fight in front of him. And, and, Wild, and like you say, Wilding is speaking up. And I like it. You know, I, some might say disrespectful. Not really. I mean, I just think, look, look at the build-up with Haney program. I think fighters have got to understand. I don't want it to be fake and like too cringe. But at the same time, talk the old shit, Parsons. You know, like that's what we want. It's what everyone wants in the build up. We want to see passionate people, to, you know, canvassing their case to win. And Otto Wilding really believes he's going to win. He really does. So AJ's got to be sharp, spiteful, and take his head clean off. That's That's got to be the game plan. Along with your little jibes at me, you put something on your question that said after December 23rd, all will be revealed as to the plan. Now, we know Otto Wallin is number two with the IBF, but also there is this talk we know that Saudi Arabia want to do the two scheduled Deontay Wild fights in 2024. Are you able to you, you, hint in, in what that sort of cryptic-ish message meant? No, I think you guys just read so much into cryptic messages. I mean, you know, what I meant by that was is that after the fight, then we'll start planning. Oh, you know, look, there's no secret that we want to make the Wilder fight. There are talks. Obviously, His Excellency is putting this show on with both of them as co-main event. Of course, with the mindset of wouldn't it be great to bring, I think, the biggest fight in boxing to the kingdom. But it's not agreed yet. It's not signed. Um, sometimes when you're on the ground with these people, things can move very quickly. So let's get to Riyadh. But most importantly, let's get this fight won. We just saw recently announced, I think literally within the last hour or so, that uh, TNT Sports have also picked up the pay-per-view. Now, they're probably, I think you were quite open and honest all throughout the last sort of five weeks or so in saying that there is a real possibility that another UK broadcaster would come in. Uh, how much will this hinder the zone in the UK? On pay-per-view, no, I think, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's a partnership between them. You know, I mean, they, the zone had the global rights for the fight, and they've been talking to TNT for a while about this and other fights moving forward as well. So hopefully, it's the start of many. You know, where there's that sort of cross-promotion, if you like, um, cross-platform, and just a, a wider reach for deeper numbers. I mean, that's really what it is—a partnership between the zone um, and TNT in this space. So yeah, you know, following on from. Matrim and Queensbury, just a little bit of a tighter lock for this stuff. And hopefully it will lead to more fights. And, you know, it's, it's massive news for TNT and DAZN to, to lock in the rights for this monster show. Eddie, Jaya Pattaya, uh, there was some talk that he's vacated the IBF, but I believe that's actually not quite true. What's the current situation going on here? Yeah, so look, it's disappointing, you know, he hasn't yet vacated the IBF. He's the IBF and Ring Magazine world champion. He's got a mandatory in Maris Bradis. Now, we've agreed that fight for February, March. Um, everybody's happy. But we requested that Jai Apatai have an interim fight on December 23rd against Ellis Soro. Now, we're fine with it. Jai's fine with it. Maris Bradis is fine with it. Wasserman are fine with it. No problem. But the IBF said no. And... You know, unfortunately, there are rules within the IBF that means you're not allowed to do that. 
But surely common sense has just got to come into play. I mean, obviously, financially, this is an opportunity that will change Jai Apatia's life forever. And first and foremost, let's just not get it twisted. That's the ultimate goal in this sport, to make sure that fighters can leave the sport healthy and financially secure. These two fights that we've agreed will do that. Okay? So we ha- we now have a difficult situation where if we don't vacate the belt, we'll lose the Ellis Zorro fight. And then you'll have to wait till March or whatever to fight. And quite frankly, I think we're going to vacate the belt and just stick with the Ring Magazine Championship and then try and win another belt maybe in the next fight. I, I don't know. Um, it's disappointing because belt, yeah, I, there's a big debate. Belts matter, etc. Belts do matter. For me, it's unquestionable. Every fighter wants to become a world champion, but you can't, stand in the way of what's fair and more more importantly opportunities like this so the last thing that Jai wants to do is vacate the IBF world title if he has to and it's looking that way he will and there'll be further news on that soon do you feel like this is sort of one of those instances where the opportunity that presents itself along with already having the ring magazine belt it sort of is more substantial than carrying yeah for sure And, and you know ideally we'd do both but if we can't, we'll have to make a decision in the best interest of Jai's career. Chris Eubank Jr. versus Connor Ben. Uh, I feel like you're tired of having to be asked about it. Uh, I know yesterday you said to Ariel, uh, I think it was 48 hours away from being dead. Is there any chance, firstly, that it gets delayed? Now, obviously, I know that you said that you want Connor to fight Feb Third. You've told Connor will fight Feb. I mean, where where are we at? Oh, I mean, look. In terms of a delay, perhaps this fight could happen in the future. But Connor Ben is fighting end of January, early Feb. Like, we're not waiting around. He's in camp, ready to go. He's fighting. Now, listen, it's going to be a a proper fight. If he wins the fight, maybe at the end of the summer or whatever, we can look at the Eubank fight. I don't know. But the Eubank fight is there, ready to go, Feb 3. Spurs, 70,000. But we can't get it over the line yet with with Eubank. And, you know, he's been very difficult in negotiations. But I understand you've got your number that you think this fight is worth. And we're not there. So will we get there in the next 24, 36 hours? Maybe. The first fight took eight or nine weeks to sign. Um, You know, I've seen the offer. Like, I just don't know any other fight that gets within a third of the number. But Chris is Chris, you know, he's he's a stubborn guy and he's going to do what he thinks is right. And I can't knock that, but hopefully he gets the right advice and hopefully we can get it done. Ed, out of curiosity from like a marketing standpoint, I imagine you would have liked to have really gone on sale with this with sort of 10 weeks notice. Now, obviously, a stadium fight there's a lot of people to pack up in there. If you announce if, if you do manage to get it done in the sort of next 30, however many hours, when do you announce? When do you do the presser? Is well, ideally, it was, it, was eight weeks la- it was eight weeks last Saturday. Mm. And that was really our kind of cutoff. Yeah. But, of course, at that point, you start thinking, oh, maybe another day and we'll get this done, etc. It starts to become more of a risk as you draw closer to the fight. So, and there's risk from, you know, obviously we're putting up the money. 
it's all very well saying this fight does a million buys and this fight does 70,000 and this fight does it. Yeah, okay. So, but you want us to guarantee all that, do you? So, so in answer to your question, we have to announce this week and we have to get it up and on sale prior to Christmas, you know, and um, we can do all that. You now we can announce this fight tomorrow. It's not a problem. When would you Obviously, do the practice? I don't think, you know, I think as long as we can get it announced and up, you know, we could do that press conference even first week of January. Okay. I don't mind. I mean, the build-up's going to be, you know, you'd build up to that press conference would be unbelievable. Um, but we are running out of time. There's no two ways about it. And we're probably two days past our intended deadline. But we want to, we, we do want to make the fight. And I think, you know, like I said, British boxing needs the fight and we'll do everything we can too. But, you know, I'm not so sure. Just quickly before I ask you about other options for Connor, if I said to you right now, gut feeling, does this fight happen February 3rd, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, what would you say, honestly? No. Oh. Wow, okay. All right, Edward, he's called out, he calls out everyone, does Connor? I'm <laughs> off to visit him on Thursday. Um, Mario Barrios, Devin Haney, there was Keith Ferguson in the mix for a bit. Yeah, really, yeah Boots, yeah. Roots, a couple of easy ones in there as well, you know. Yeah. Um, he just wants he just wants the biggest fight out there. You know, it's, this has been a frustrating few weeks because we really expected Eubank to take the fight. Um, but over the last week or so, we've been in negotiations with a number of fighters for that date. So we're speaking to DAZN today. Um, and yeah, we, we, will, we will be ready to announce Connor's next fight this week if it's not Eubank. So like I said, he's in camp. He's ready to go, ready to fight. Um some of those guys, obviously, Devin's unrealistic for January, February. Boots is a very, very tough fight. Love, love the Barros fight. Love the Thurman fight. There's loads of fights out there for him. Just want to keep him active now. And and like I said, if, he don't, if we don't get Eubank, we'll announce his next fight this week. Josh Taylor's come out and said, you need to sharpen your pencil uh, and, and make a, a more substantial offer. Uh, with regards to that Jack Cattrall fight. I spoke to Sam Jones today. He He said sort of Josh has got to be reasonable, but you also have to get sharpening. Uh, where are you at with that? We need like I sharpened. I sharpened my pencil and I went back to Carl Moretti earlier this morning, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, we've, we've greatly improved the offer. But again, I don't, I, you know, I just... Do you not think this could be one of the nastiest build-ups in recent... It will be. It'll be fantastic and we want to get the fight made. But, you know... When we make offers, we're not doing it for banter and we're not just like pulling a number from the sky. Everything's kind of scientific. So, you know, a fight of that magnitude, myself, Frank, Sean, you know, everyone would sit down, we'd run the numbers and, you know, we'd, we'd model the fight and, and on the financials that we know pretty well. And then we'd come up with an offer. Again, you are tasked with, oh, it sells 20,000. Oh, it does half a million pay-per-views. Oh, it does, you know, we have to not get carried away like Sam Jones. Like if Sam Jones was promoting this fight, he'd just pay everybody and then worry about <laughs> it later. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that is Sam. This is massive. This is the nastiest build-up you will ever get. They will, they'll have a route the presser. They'll do that. And I agree with all of that. Do you know what I mean? But Sam's not the one that's got to put the money up. So, and I feel like we need to be respected in that sense, just like the fighters need to be respected in the sense of, I'm not fighting for that. That's fine. That's their opinion. Our opinion can't just be 
disregarded because it comes with a lot more maths and science generally than a fighter's opinion on the numbers of the show. Do you know what I mean? And I, I know this fight is massive, but you have to share in that hope or that that belief. You know, you can't just say it does this, it does this, but okay. So obviously if it does, you get this. And if it doesn't, you might get this. Oh, well, hang on a minute. Well, which one is it? How big is it? You know? So everyone's got to share that belief and that vision of the show. Like I said, we've gone back with a, with a vastly improved offer. And hopefully it's good enough to to entice Mr. Taylor. It's a great fight for, for everybody. But it does need to make sense to the fighters. I never expect a fighter just to go, oh, all right, and Eddie said that was the right number, so I'm going to take it. Of course. But, you know, we shall see. Clarissa Shields, uh, some sort of footage emerged on social media, we believe from five years ago, of a fighter dropping her in sparring and having lesser padding in the glove. She's then gone on a rampage and talk about bringing knives out and stuff. It's all gone a bit mad on social media. Yeah, I've, I've seen the clip. I mean, I, I don't feel like, you know, there's a lot of females that spar men because it's some, you know, in some sense it's good work. And, you know, it is, I do think it's a bit dangerous, especially as you move up the weights. You know, if you've got a couple of bantam weights sparring with each other, it's different to you sparring a super middleweight man when you're a middleweight or a super, super middleweight female fighter. And I, I you know, I don't start talking about equality. And all that. I just think physically, it's not fair. No, I had no knowledge of the gloves used or whatever, but it was a pretty nasty, nasty knockdown. And, you know, there's an unwritten rule that sparring footage doesn't get leaked. But unfortunately, when someone does something, I mean, firstly, to to leak footage of that, you know, it's not a great look for the fight, but you don't know who's leaked it, you know. But anyway, what do I think of it? Yeah, Clarissa's just so fiery that she's going to, really respond to everything on this rather than saying, you know, yeah, I stepped up, sparred a big super middleweight and got chinned. I mean, you know, she's a tough, she's a tough girl. Like, I don't think it was great to watch, but it's boxing. I have never seen a schedule for 2024. So under wraps and undercover, I still have no clue what's going on. I have a rough idea. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, I know that, you did have a plan for a Vegas show the second week of January. Would I be right in saying that? Then Tokyo the following week. And then just from then on, I'm a bit baffled. But now we know that Ryder Munguia... Yeah, is- some, of, some of those... Yeah, I don't think we'll go to Vegas on Jan 13. But we're, we're not far away. We're hoping that we can announce a part of that schedule on broadcast this weekend. So, obviously, we've been waiting for Feb 3, which is Connor's date. and. You know, we've been waiting to obviously see where we get to with Taylor Catterall. Also now, Chantel Cameron coming back. You know, hopefully we can get that moving for the trilogy um, late summer. Wood Warrington, two potentially as well to City Ground. So there's a lot to fall into place. But we'll probably start, regardless of whether those big fights get made by the weekend, we'll start to announce some shows for early, uh, late January and obviously uh, February as well and, and leading into March. So... We're here, we've had a little bit of a summit here in Malibu the last few days with the team. Um, 
just going through the schedule and making sure we're you know ready to announce in due course. Do you see yourself doing a show that would clash with Mungia Rider? Not clash, but like I'd like I I prefer not to. Yeah, because I'd like to go to that fight myself because I think John's going to do it. Um, but obviously, it'd be up to Dazone how they want their schedule to sit, following the day of reckoning and you know following future plans as well. Well, you mentioned Chantelle Cameron today. She was made. Uh, oh God, you're going to have given to... the freedom of Northampton. The freedom of Northampton. Yeah. Um, and she's come out, and she's. I think on the poster that that, that was sort of created, it said Croke Park. I think she's happy to go back. Um, have you had any discussions? Have you spoke to Katie's side? Where, where are we at with yeah, that? Spoke, spoke to Katie and Brian and everyone, and obviously they want us to build towards the biggest fight possible, as always for Katie. You know, that would be at Croke or it would be at Viva or it would be a stadium in, in Ireland. And for me, Chantel Cameron's the fight. You know, they had two incredible fights, particularly the last one. The third would be equally as thrilling, probably even better. Chantel's won one, Katie's won one. And, you know, the trilogy makes sense. So we're in talks at the moment with potential venues. And I do expect, you know, again, subject to everyone being sensible, but also pushing for as much money as possible as always. Hopefully we can get that trilogy made. Have you had any discussions or approached Amanda Serrano for a potential? Ba- uh, uh... Not yet. No, no, not yet. Look, that fight could, you know, could have legs for sure. Um, but I think the focus is on the Cameron trilogy. What did you make of Serrano vacating the WBC? Uh, I believe Sky was about to be mandated. And then are you able to sort of explain how that situation? Yeah, I think, you know, I've said a few times in interviews, um, Sky called it, you know, with, with, me and the team and Ibox and, and Paul Reddy, she's been chasing that fight for a long time. And I think that's right. You know, everybody in that division should be chasing Amanda Serrano. She's a legend of the sport. She's the undisputed champion. So she has every belt in the division. What else are you supposed to do? And Sky said a long time ago that I don't think she'll fight me. And it wasn't necessarily something I agreed with and the team because I just expected Amanda to, to fight Sky. She's a super talented fighter, but also young in a career, you know, and I I thought Amanda would accept that mandatory and fight Sky for the Undisputed Championship. Lo and behold, it was about to get called and she vacated the belt. Um, so a little bit of egg on and myself and the team's face that Sky was right. Um, it's difficult to say she's ducked her, she's done this because she's done everything in the sport. But I do believe they looked at the style, they looked at the skill and thought, is it worth the risk? And I think that's what we were talking about earlier, you know, with like Devin and Shakur and people like that. If the fight's not big enough, do you want to risk all your undisputed belts in a fight where you're not even going to make the kind of anywhere near the kind of money that you could do for a Taylor fight? So, I think there's part of that. Um, you know, Sky now fights Sarah Marfood for the vacant title, but she, that's a good fight, but she wanted Serrano. And I think if she beats Marfood, she'll be calling Serrano again, this time in an undisputed fight. So I think that's going to go on and on. And hopefully it can get built to a level that Serrano feels like that is a big fight. So I don't, I don't blame Amanda for, you know, not taking the risk because of the financial reward for that fight. And clearly they see, you know, we're talking about someone who's had, I don't know, Sky's had 150 amateur fights 
like she's she's well accomplished, but she's never fought anywhere near at the levels of Amanda Serrano. She thinks she can win. Let let her take the fight. I, I was, you know, I thought, yeah, if you want it, go and have it. But it didn't happen. So she's got to focus now on winning the WBC championship. Going to rattle a few more off quickly. Jake Paul fights Andre August on the zone. Now he came out and made some comments that the fight doesn't need promoting and it's not anything that should really be taken seriously. It's just one of his fights on the path to being a world champion. Now KSI is having a spa with. Do you know who Speed is, Edward? Not uh, only through this spa thing. Yeah. So at the same time, now obviously KSI misfits under the zone. This will be not on the zone, the spa. What I'm a bit. What what, is, what are your thoughts on it all? I don't know really. I don't know what to say. I'm all a bit confused by it all. I've got enough on my plate than to worry about KSI against Speeds clashing with Jake Paul against Andre August. But um, whatever, I don't know. But um, no, I think Jake Paul's found a professional fighter that's obviously got a built-up record, but he's still a professional fighter. So it's a, a very low-key fight compared to his normal fights. But, you know, I, I also respect the fact that he's working away and probably taking a lot less money to fight a professional fighter, you know, built built record or not. So, yeah, good luck to him. Joe Cordina, next move. Just wants the biggest fight out there, literally. I mean, I think the message couldn't be clear. Give me the most amount of money for the biggest fight possible. So that's what we're working on at the moment and, you know, hopefully have some plans in place soon. Billy Joe Saunders, we know that ideally if Tottenham happened, he was going to return then. Have you had any conversations? Still, still the plan, still the plan, ready to, you know, get out in the early part of 2024 and then build towards a big fight in the summer. Finally, from me, wouldn't wrap up an interview without getting some content for my own. We've got some chocolate bars that have been distributed. Now, I couldn't believe it. I'm I, not very happy about this. I mean, they're using my my image. Well, they've not without. actually like produced them, and they're not selling them. They've done. Right. They they produced a chocolate bar, put a photo of it. I said I would buy that. I would I would indulge in some of that chocolate. The next thing I know, I get tagged in a story, and there are general, well, generally Hearn chocolate bars and the Parsons effect chocolate bars. I think, now, we were going to obviously do the T-shirt thing, still looking at designs. I think Christmas is pushing it, especially with Day of Reckoning. I think in the new year, this is scandalous, but in what sick world that we work in, it clearly has a market. We launch the Generali and Parsons Effect T-shirts with a nice little chocolate bar range to come with. I, I can't believe I'm even saying these words. I mean, look, Parsons, you know, the only way I'm going to do it, show me the model for charity all proceeds go to charity i know for you this is a money-making scheme but for me it's the only what the only way i'm using my image on generali chocolate bars <laughs> is if it's for a good cause because you're gonna absolutely kill my image kill my reputation um so yeah real talk final message to the people just get ready for a big show on saturday you know, two huge shows to end the year. Obviously, Sonny against Bam, massive fight. Don't forget as well, Galalia Fire, Peter McGrail, Janae Boston, all in real fights in San Antonio as well. It's a great card. Tune in live on the zone and get ready for Saudi next week. Edward, see you in Riyadh for some shisha, my friend. See you out there. Sports Social Podcast Network.